Welcome back to another Footy and Coffee Conversations. There you he is. Hey. What's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Look at that grizzly beard you got going on there. I uh, I made a pledge to not shave until Corona was finished. So, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. You got, at least, you got to at least tame it a little bit. I'm trying to tame mine a little bit. I know. I gotta. I gotta go through and trim it up a little bit, even it yeah. out. You know. <laughs> I was just trying to get a good foundation first. You know. It's all about the foundation. <laughs> all right. So. Uh, just to start, if you want to introduce yourself, say your name, uh, say where you're playing right now and what position you are. Yeah, so my name is David Abador, and I am currently playing for the Oakland Roots, which is a, a part of NISA. It's a newer league. And I'm a center back slash defensive mid. Uh, like to like to get up. That's my opportunity to get up. So uh, You got you to gotta take advantage when you get it. I got, I like to think I got, I like to think I used to have wheels. I think as I'm getting older, I can't run as much. The the mind wants to, the body just isn't able. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, kind of how we'll go through it is we'll talk a little bit through just your experiences from youth up to where you are now, kind of the pathway, uh, yeah. if you have interesting stories to add about that. And then we'll get yeah. into some questions from some fans. For sure. Yeah, so I grew up in the Chicagoland area, and I kind of bounced around between the Chicago Wind, the the Soccers, and the Wind or the Magic. And going into my junior year of high school, I decided to uh, switch up my path, and I left to go to Faribault, Minnesota. I don't know if people are familiar with it. I know you are. It's uh, it's in the middle of nowhere, but um, I had an opportunity to attend Shattuck St. Mary's, which is a prep school, and um, it was it was a soccer specific school, and it was something that I was looking for at the time, and uh, just to stay more focused into playing. Um, so I played there for so two. At that, at that point, when you decided to go to Shattuck, was playing professional kind of the goal? The yeah, so I, I I could see myself not evolving the way I wanted to at home in Chicago, and with just way too many distractions, you know, coming up to junior year, more kids were focused on, you know, other aspects of life other than sports, other than soccer. So I thought that it would be a, a good change of pace for me to go there and, you know, really focus on my craft. And then, um, so I was at Chaddock for two years, which was, you know, people ask me, what I did in my free time, because not a lot of people really know what Faribault is, and nothing. It, it's it's literally nothing. I mean, we look forward to Friday night trips to go to Walmart just to kind of put in perspective how how tough the social life was. But I mean, we had a good group of guys, and um, I definitely enjoyed um, the camaraderie with the group, just being around the guys all the time. But um, from there, I went to the University of Dayton, and I was there for two and a half years. And I didn't really have, um, I didn't really have any any mentors growing up to tell me, you know, this school is a good school, that school is a good school. Um, so my parents are, uh, they immigrated here in '91 from the former Soviet Union. So, um, you know. I needed to go somewhere where I was going to get the best offer. And 
at the time Dayton was Dayton gave me the best offer and you know I was excited to go I was excited that somebody wanted me so um, I got to Dayton and it was like kind of a rude awakening I thought it'd be more of a professional environment and it wasn't um, and I thought that how would how would you compare it because you were obviously in like a, for high school a very professional environment right. uh, how would you compare the step from from I mean, to Dayton. I mean, I think that on a on a day to day basis, uh, we got more out of the soccer side of things at Shattuck, but um, you can't really compare the physicality of college soccer to right. to Shattuck. So, um, so I I had to adjust to that. I was, you know, my my strengths as a player is being technical, and then. Getting to Dayton, we started playing this brutal football where it was kind of launched in the channels. And, you know, the guys that were more physical stood out. And I felt like I I kind of struggled to find myself at Dayton. So, and, you know, we had played against some schools at the time that were, um, that did play football. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a black hole that you know, where the, like, everyone's playing the same way. There were some schools that were, um, that were playing good footy. So, um, I thought for, for a while that I needed to grow up because I wasn't buying into the program. But, uh, after my junior year, the fall semester, I just kind of had enough and I could see that I wasn't progressing to the point where I wanted to be at. So, uh, then I took a, a chance on myself. I, I transferred to Creighton for no money, uh, just to spot on the team. And, you know, when I was coming into the school, uh, the coach had kind of told me that it was Elmar at the time, who was a, a, a really well-known coach in college soccer. He was like, look, you know, I'm not going to promise you anything. Like, you you know, you might, you could get cut. Like, you're just coming to the school. It's an opportunity. And uh, uh, so not even like a spot on the team. So I, I had a spot on the team, but. Again, you know, when you have a spot on the team, but you're not on any money, they can cut you. Yeah. Especially at Creighton where, you know, it's a factory for, for players. So many guys have gone to the next level from there. So I came in. And I remember that, that must have been a big, a big jump. Yeah. So I came in that the, the spring semester of my junior year. And I kid you not, I must have been the worst player at training every single day. Like I had no idea what I had gotten myself into. And I, I didn't think that, you know, I, I do have the self-belief that I can match the, the the talent. But, you know, at the time I came in, we had, um, I mean, just some guys that I played with, like Fabian Herbers, he's playing with the Fire. He played with the Union. Um, Vince Keller, who had been drafted with the Fire. Um, Timo Pitter played with FC Dallas. We had some, we had some ballers on the team. So uh, I definitely had a, elevate my game and you know I, I definitely put in my time that spring semester to to elevate my game and um fall fall rolled around and um the kid so the kid I was not starting at center back and I was coming in it's funny I was coming in as a as a striker just like uh, oh, wow they would just throw me on like the last 10 minutes of a half I remember we were playing against Stanford and I got thrown in as a striker and I was like what is going on? Like, what am I doing up here? Just tire out the center backs a little. Right. So, um, but I, I mean, I kept working. I, I knew that I knew that I would get a chance and I just had to take up, take my opportunity. So 
Um, we had a, one of our center backs who actually plays in the top fight in Belgium now. He got kicked off the team. And it was kind of like a few games in the season, and it was kind of my chance to, to prove that I could play there. And then once I took the spot, you know, I, there was no turning back. And I think I grew with confidence as every game went on. And that kind of that kind of opened my my eyes that, you know, I can do this. I can continue to progress to the next level. And um, we ended up losing, I think, in the lead eight that year, which was kind of a bummer. But uh, so, yeah, I, I wish I'd made the move to Creighton earlier. I wish I had – I had ju I've just started this – this um, I don't want to say like a consulting company, but I kind of want to give younger kids an opportunity to – to feel open to ask me questions because if I could have gone back, I would have transferred after my first semester from Dayton. Like I would have taken that chance right away, you know? Um, so yeah. And then from there, um, oh man, I had, a, I had a crazy story. So um, I didn't get invited to the MLS combine and I, I, I wasn't expecting to, but you know, I had a, I was kind of hoping there there would be a small chance. Right. So I signed up for this random combine in Florida called the Info Sport Combine. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so to kind of put in perspective, it was like anybody who applies like gets to go. So I think, so I remember I got I applied. Everything was great. I got to the airport, and we were supposed to start at ten a.m. the the following Saturday, and this was Friday night. Um flight kept getting delayed 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 and then they canceled my flight so think about it i have no like nobody's approached me no agents nothing and this is like my one chance to 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 show myself and the combine that i'm supposed to go to gets my flight gets canceled so i'm freaking out i remember my mom picked me up from the airport it was like one in the morning and i was gonna catch the next flight it was like a 5 30 a.m flight i didn't want to sleep in the airport and I got on that flight. I landed in Florida and straight from the airport, like I was changing in the cab on the way to this combine. And I get there and that's like a, a proper youth, you know, soccer game. Yeah, put like, your, put no, your cleats no, and no, shin guards no. off. <laughs> and, I, and I showed up late and I, I, I showed up like 20 minutes late to the introduction, which was, which was great. It was a blessing yeah. that that happened, but, um, you know, I balled out and um, I I got a, got my first taste. I got lucky with the whole the whole setup because my coach at the time was the Real Salt Lake scout, and he kind of put me on with with I, I kind of owe it to him because he he helped me start playing. From there, I got invited to Real Salt Lake's preseason, and things didn't work out. But you know, I knew I could play at that level. It wasn't it wasn't a matter of whether I was not good enough, but um, and then I ended up in Sweden. I, I was actually about to go back to school. I, I dropped out of school to to pursue this Real Salt Lake opportunity, and I dropped out of school, which was, in hindsight, um, pretty bad decision, in my opinion. But everything's kind of worked out uh, for the best because I'm finishing up school now. Um, yeah, I got a call. I got I got a weird email from someone writing in broken English from Sweden from this club called Dalkard had no idea what it was but 
it was the only opportunity I had. And they said, you know, let's, um, let's do it. Like, we'll take you, we'll sign you. So I ended up going to Dalkard and our team was great. Uh, I couldn't crack the 11 because I came in um, about a week and a half before the season started. And I think for the first half of the season, if people aren't familiar, in Sweden, the season goes, you play up until, when's midsummer? June, July? June 21st. Yeah. So you play up until then, and there's a, about a month break. And at that month break, I decided that, you know, I wasn't playing, and I, I know that I always knew that if I get complacent in my situation, that I'll never grow as a player or a person. So, you know, I decided that at the time, I needed to find a place to play. So signed with a seventh division club in Sweden, which is a men's league team. I was making like 150 bucks a month. It was like absolute nightmare. I was living in a cabin. The, uh, the grind. Yeah, talk about the grind. I remember because I was there for three months. There was a couple Bridges guys there with me. It was, I remember it was Brian Ramirez. Shout out Brian Ramirez, Ryan Dotson, uh, Jared Gerard. And then a guy named by, by the name of Derek Boggs. I don't know if you heard of Derek. So we were just we were just stuck in this cabin in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, we we'd show up to the game and like the other team would have players that are just smoking cigarettes. Like that's kind of where what I went from. I was like two months before I was with RSL, and now I'm with a team. I'm I'm playing in games where. I walk up and there's a guy just smoking a heater on the outside of the outside of the field, which is that that was Stockreed. Yeah, that was Stockreed Rorvik. Yeah, I if you put together all the Americans that have played there, though, yeah, you would have such a good squad. Yeah, I, I mean that that yeah for sure that team because you had like promoted five leagues because you had like Brian Ramirez, Yanda, yeah, Shala played there for a while. Oh man, what a guy! Shout out to Shala. Um. Real, then, real quick before you go on, uh, someone's asking just yeah. to go in a little bit more. Why, why you said uh, looking back, it was probably a bad decision to drop out of school, uh, given the preseason at Real Salt Lake. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's two ways to look at it. Sorry, I'm just pouring myself a, a coffee too. Got to join you. You got, you got some coffee. Um, I'd say that. I don't, I don't want to like ruin players aspirations of playing professionally, but um, the game is a, is a grind and a lot of it is luck. And I took my chance where I dropped out of school, but um, at the end of the day, your career is on the, on the uh, it's a, you have a small career, you have a small chance to make the best of the opportunity. So um you know, I'm happy with what I did, but at the same time, had I finished school back then, I wouldn't be as stressed out as I am now finishing up school. But, you know, yeah, to yeah. each his own, everyone's different. Everyone's yeah, and then, I mean, back with the draft, I remember seeing maybe last, two years ago, it was going through uh, players drafted even outside of the top, like, 15. And right. their career minutes in the MLS is so small. So, right. I get it's a it's a short window, but... Right. There's a lot of life outside of right, ODI. of course. And I've always, I've always found ways to to continue playing. Um, I think this is my sixth year playing, and um, 
you know, I'm, I'm constantly on the lookout to, to find opportunities to play. And I know guys that are, that were in the MLS and that they were in the MLS for a year or two and they played no games and, you know, they called it quits after that. And that that's fine too, you know, everyone's got their own career path. I just knew that um, <laughs> these guys are funny. I knew that I, I just, I wanted to keep playing. I wanted to keep pursuing the dream and, you know, everyone's got that, that hope that they crack in and they, they make it to, you know, to, to like the EPL. And that's kind of what's kept me going because if you don't have those dreams and aspirations, then you'll never progress as a player. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta have, you gotta have something to keep working towards. Yeah. So you're, so you're playing at Stockery, Stockery yep. finishes, then what? So I come home. That was, that was, that was the off season that I, that I put in the most grind at Bridges. That's where that summer I was like, you know what, I'm, I gotta improve. I gotta, I gotta get better. I gotta, I gotta be in a situation where I'm getting better as a player every day. And um, from there, I ended up playing with Tulsa, which was, was good. I ended up playing about 30 games that year. Um, I was the ultimate utility guy. Coach would be like, who's playing here? Like, I played left back, right back, center back, center mid. I actually even think I played some right mid, which is, I mean, if, if anybody knows me as a player, me playing at right mid is actually hilarious. But um, we we were the worst team in the USL that year. And we... Go, looking back at it, it makes sense. We didn't have a bunch of work, hardworking guys. Like, guys really didn't care. So, but, you know, being able to play 30 games and have that on my on my, on my my stats was, was huge for me getting an, an opportunity somewhere else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, then I was able to – my youth coach actually is the current sporting director of the New York Red Bulls, so – um, I remember I messaged him one off season and I was like, well, is, are there any opportunities for me to come in with uh, Red Bulls too and, you know, go to preseason? And he, he made it happen for me. And I think once that happened, um, things didn't work out for me in New York and that's okay. But the, the opportunities that I got after that were, you know, it kind of put me on the map and helped me progress my career and clubs would take me more seriously coming from the Red Bulls versus coming from Tulsa, coming from Sweden, not playing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The name recognition alone does something to it. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, let's see from there, from there, I, I don't know if he's in this, in this chat as well, but cause and I spent a, a little bit of time in Sweden uh, we were bouncing around Airbnbs looking for trials. We decided that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this this <laughs> we're gonna do this European adventure and we're gonna try and, you know, grind it out. Like I think Jay Demerit's a, a good inspiration for us. He was at the time that, you know, he left everything at home and he said, Screw it, I'm gonna go and try and make it. So um, I had a couple offers but they weren't what I wanted. And the cause was kind of in the same boat. You know, we, we both didn't feel comfortable with the spots that with the opportunities that we had. And um, he got the first opportunity and he ended up going to Australia. And I was kind of stuck in, in Sweden 
by myself at that at that point and had an opportunity to pop up with FC Hawke in Finland, which is a historic club. And time was winding down and I said, I'm doing it, whatever. Like I, I never thought I'd end up in Finland and that's how that's how all of us can that's attest how to that. All the Americans <laughs> end up in Finland are and I will I sit here today and I tell you that Finland is one of the best places that I have ever lived in. And, Absolutely. And Val Valkakowski is like Faribo, which is there's nothing to do. Some but, woods. Yeah, for real. Woods got snow all the time, but I loved my experience in Finland. I really wanted to stay, but things didn't work out. Yeah. So then, you uh, you go from Finland and then head over to Israel. Yeah. So I had an opportunity pop up. Um, I had an agent reach out to me and I had, uh, I'll answer the guy down below. Yeah. So Finland, um, there's nothing wrong with Finland. It just doesn't, you know, before you go there, it doesn't really strike you as a place that you want to visit, but um, it's cold. The people are kind of cold, but once people warm up to you, the country kind of warms up to you. So uh, once me, you have a sauna night with the boys. Yeah, sauna night got me. Sauna night was was something else. Oh gosh. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, so I had an agent uh, reach out to me. So I played in Maccabi, uh, the Maccabi games in two thousand thirteen. Um, so for people that don't know what that is, that's kind of the Jewish Olympics, and won the gold medal that year. So, pretty cool. Um, and the agent was like, look, are you open opportunities to come into Israel? You can get um, an Israeli citizenship and you won't count as a foreigner and, you know, it'll be easier for you to come here. And I, at that point, I I was trying to come back to the USL if things hadn't worked out in Finland, but this opportunity popped up. And I also have family in Israel, so that made the decision to go there easier. And... I got to this wonderful club, another club kind of like Haka with um, a lot of a lot of success in the, I believe it was the, the 70s, 80s, and even the early 90s. Um, ran into some financial hardships, and um, they were trying to kind of get themselves out of the hole. And that was that was a cool experience, just like moving to Israel is, I, I do call that my second home now it was just the experience was unreal um summer rolled around our, our coach left we had, we had a good second half of the season our coach left and brought in a new coach he gave me a new contract and um israelis are interesting people in the sense of they're very impulsive and they'll they'll go on a whim and make it make a big decision so i came in um, I wouldn't say I was in the best shape of my, of my career. And I also had a pretty bad injury in preseason and they decided after three weeks, like we don't want you anymore. So, which was, which was a blow. I've never had someone come to me after three weeks after they just handed me this new deal. Yeah. Say, yeah. You don't, you don't you know, see that so much. <laughs> right. I just signed an 11th month, 11 month deal and three weeks into 11 month deal they don't want to have me there anymore and it's so, more like a middle school relationship at that point right right so i was like look i don't want to be here if you don't want me here 
like you say, I need to be compensated for you trying to get rid of me. But uh, at the end of the day, I know that I, I need to leave because I need to play games. And we were able to to agree to to, to, to both terms. And I signed with – so this the first club I was with, it was a Jewish run club. I moved to an Arab run club. So that's a whole different story. The way they run their ship is so different than a, than a Jewish run club. So – I got there and I was in for a rude awakening. That was super disorganized. Um, through 11 games, we had four coaches. Wow. Yeah, so we were sitting in last place. And uh, there, was some, there, was, there was some fishy stuff going on in the club. Uh, I could feel it. And the fourth coach that came in, he was just like, look, you – I, I still think the reason why he let me go is because he didn't speak any English. And we end, I ended up parting ways there. And then I sat in Israel from, I want to say, end of October until end of January. I sat there with no team. I couldn't sign with another team. If I had signed with one more team, I would have been binded to that team for the rest of the year. And I couldn't switch. You can only switch three times uh, in a calendar year, according to FIFA. So... So I was waiting for the right opportunity and I had some stuff come up, but my heart was kind of not in it with those clubs. And um, my agent came up with this, this Oakland roots opportunity. And I was kind of hesitant about it because what's like, I, I had no idea what Nisa was at the time. And yeah, um, I think my, I was also, it was very difficult for me to decide to come home because I knew that if I left, Europe this time I was never going to come back and play in Europe and I was I was holding on to that for so long because you know the dream is to always play in Europe my dream was to always play in Europe and to come back you know I, the way I see it as as a player you can always come back to the U.S. it's our home it's someone will take you like you'll find something so but I was in a I was in a pretty bad place and I thought that you know look this is the opportunity I'll, it seems like there's a lot going behind the club and I'll take it. I'll see where it's going to go. And yeah, man, it's been, I'm super happy I made the decision. It's been, I mean, everything in my career happens for a reason. And I'm very happy with where I'm at today with Oakland roots and where my career is at, at this very moment. Yeah. And I've, I've always uh, respected that aspect of your career. It seems you're, you're always willing to, to go full into the next opportunity and commit yourself to it without not, not in like a, not thinking through it, but just in a very open mind to wherever foot he's taking you, you're willing to yeah. go and play and make the most of whatever situation you're in, which yeah. is, which is probably why your career has also lasted so long is the ability yeah. to do that. Right. You have to have an open mind. I think that a lot of players think that they're the glamour glamour just kind of comes with the game and, unfortunately there's only one Messi. there's only one ronaldo in the world like if you know you have to really really work for that and you know not everyone's career is gonna shape out to be like that so again i'm, I'm really happy the way things have turned out because i know that it's all based off of my decisions and what i decided to do absolutely yeah i always i always tell younger players that no matter what player you see in glamour or whatever it is, 
90% of it is the complete opposite of that. And then maybe yeah. 10% if you're lucky is glamour. Right. And that's if you're real successful, right? <laughs> All right. So now we got, we got some Hit questions me. to go Hit through. Me. First one, people want to know, how do you decide on your hairstyle for the year? <laughs> Oh man, I've I've always had long hair, and you've actually encouraged me to to have long hair. I always remember that. Um, I don't know. I I feel like long hair is kind of me, but I tried this when I was in Israel. I did this. So my 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 cousin there is a is a hairstylist, and she messed up on my hair so bad. I had really nice flow, and yeah, after that, I had to let I had to let things go. So. Uh, but I, I'm trying to grow it out a little bit, as you guys can tell. Trying to kind of look like you, Maddie, but I don't know if that's a good look. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I can hit that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're doing something right. I'm doing something right. Doing a lot of things wrong. <laughs> All right, this is a good one for our Bridges people. Question came in saying, "Who would be your ultimate five-a-side team at Soccer City?" But oh. I'm going to stipulate it that taking like Mike McGee, Brian McBride, Ned Grabovoy, like obviously everyone's going to pick those legends more of, yeah. you know, the next tier of guys who would you put on your squad? Oh man. All right. And you can put yourself as the sixth sub if you would like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will go Jeff Gall goalie for sure. Okay. Uh, we grew up together. So we go way back and I've seen him do some stuff that, people just will never be able to understand. Um, let's see. I would put Yonda in the back. I think Yonda always, he was never, never pretty, but he got the job done. Efficient, efficient. He was, oh yeah, he was always there. He knew what he was doing and I'll take that. Um, let's see, other defenders, I'm trying to think. We're not, we said we're not using like big time pros, right? What were you thinking? Like Brian Gall or something? No, I was going to say Schuler. I think oh. Schuler, Chris I'll Schuler, let Schuler go. I'll let Schuler Chris, in Yeah, he, he would pop it. Yo, Chris was, Chris was, uh, I actually was in preseason with him in Real Salt Lake, so he kind of took me under his wing, but I loved watching him play um, at Bridges because, first of all, he would always show up because he'd been so out of shape. And then he would still run the show, and I, I was just – I was always impressed. Dude, my, my favorite day was Schuler. Uh, it was uh, – what was his name? Bakari Sumare. <laughs> so you got, you know, what is that, a total of, like, 500 pounds right there. And they, like, went up against the boards one time, and Brad yeah. jumps down off it. Hi, hi. <laughs> You're going to break it. <laughs> uh, let's see, in the midfield – um, I don't know what oh, I don't even know what I throw Kaz in there. Kaz is like the ultimate indoor player. I don't know if he's in here listening, but he um, I don't know how long he's gonna be with you guys, but I think after he he leaves Finland, I think I've actually been telling him for years like he should play indoor in the off season because that guy just runs around and he makes things happen. This guy's not a fan, huh? It's uh, it's uh, it's our goalkeeper coach. Oh, yeah, causes causes like the ultimate uh, indoor player. Uh, let's see who else. Number another midfielder. 
I don't. I'll, I'll pass on the midfield, but I'll throw Honest up top. Honest was Honest. Honest or Ramon, because both guys are just a pain in the pain in the ass to, to mark. Honest was more agile. He's able to score goals. Um, I don't even know who I throw. I don't even know who I throw in there in the midfield. I haven't been in so long. Man, it's been a while. I like that. I would. I would maybe put Honest in the midfield. Yeah, but I, yeah, I guess. Okay, and then put like Woj up top too. Oh, but the thing is, what kind of honest are we talking about? Are we talking about honest uh, post career, honest like during? I'm talking time? honest like bef right before he went to Sweden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when he was flying. Yeah, when he was just ripping upper ninety every other shot. Yeah, there's a, there's some other good play. I feel like Lenny's good. Lenny's good in indoor. I mean, yeah. Lenny, Lenny gets the job done. He's a pain in the ass to play against too. Bulldog over there. Actually, you know, you know who I hated playing against that was always good, but I I, I always found it difficult to. <laughs> uh, I thought that uh, Brian Ramirez's brother, what's was it, Chris? Chris. Yeah, Chris was always very good. He was strong and he was very or very technical and athletic. He was a difficult player to play against. I'll definitely throw him in the honorable mention just because he was younger, and I I don't like giving the younger guys too much respect but he was a good player that's fair that's fair yeah no now now talking through i think of so many guys that just some squad players up on that team yeah things have changed it's it's a lot different um all right so now a little bit a little bit more serious uh probably what would you say is the looking back over mainly let's just say your professional career what's the biggest life lesson maybe outside of, of footy that you've learned because of it? Um, I think being open-minded. I think being open-minded has gotten me to the point where I'm at today. Um, I've had to make some, some difficult decisions about my life, starting from, you know, leaving home to go to Shattuck. I think that kind of was the stepping stone to be being able to make these big decisions. But, uh, yeah, I just, I think if you don't have an open mind, whether you're playing sports, you're doing, you're working life, you need to have an open mind. You know, you, you're entitled to your own opinion. Everyone is, but I think that you should be able to, to hear people out and understand where other people are coming from as well. Absolutely. All right. So I assume, I assume for you, would this statement be true that if you stopped growing and developing as a player, you would probably quit? No reason to keep playing. Um, no, I disagree. I think that as long as I can play, I think I've hit a. I, I think I'm over the point where as long as I can keep playing and stay healthy and not have too bad injuries, I kind of want to keep doing it. Um, taking my life, taking a step back and looking at my life uh, over the duration of it. I think that I will never get these years back. So I want to I wanna be able to enjoy what I'm doing for as long as I can because realistically, you know, you can't play soccer at a high level in your 40s. So, yeah. you know, as you many more years I have left in me, I'd love to try and play. But at the same time, I've also come to the, uh, come to the conclusion that I need to be financially compensated to the point where I'm, you know, I can I can live my life and not have to, to count my count my pennies like I did my first was that yeah, my first year in Stockard Warwick when I was making the the one fifty a month, 
just yeah. for the, the beer money I was getting. Yeah, we we all love footy, but at some point, at some a point, cabin and one hundred fifty bucks, and you cut it for sure. Um, all right, so I'm gonna say every country you played in, mm-hmm. and I want you to give just one, three words, real short, how you what first comes to mind when you hear that country's overall like style of play. So we'll start. We'll start in Sweden. Um, Ariel. Okay. All right, then we'll move just east to Finland. Uh, soccer or like just yeah, every- soccer wise. Um, variety. Okay. Israel. Technical. U.S. Growing. Growing. Okay. Yeah, so you you saw kind of the, the USL with Tulsa. That was the first year Tulsa was in the USL, right? And now, now you're in, obviously, it's a different league, but you're back in the U.S., you know, and I think these, these last, what was that, four years, something been pretty big yeah. years. Yeah. Um, what What do you think is the biggest change in U.S. footy from then until now? I think, uh, aside from the soccer, I just think people are kind of more on board with soccer in the U.S. now. Um, you could just see by the by, for example, even for the MLS, the the expansion fees. Um, soccer is growing and. It's a sport that, you know, parents are more inclined to enroll their kids in versus your football, your baseball. You know, it's a it's an up-and-going sport. So um, I think looking at from that point of view, but then as looking from the soccer point of view that um, the competition is, is growing every single day. I mean, I, I had played maybe like 50 games in the USL, and I – it was very difficult for me to even be able to have a conversation with a GM to bring me in. So um, the competition is growing and I know that players from Europe are trying to, they don't care about the MLS. They want to, they'll, they'll come to play in the USL. They'll come play in NISA. So um, the competition is growing every day, but we'll see what happens after this whole, this whole virus and the, the hiatus that we're taking from, from soccer right now. So, I hope yeah, so for you, I think like soccer is going to continue growing. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think the uh, the World Cup coming up in a few years, being hosted in the U.S. is really going to have another another yeah. push on the soccer scene. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, so talking, you know, you brought up this, you know, quarantine, not training with team, that sort of thing. How personally, um, what what have you found challenging about it? How have you stayed? in shape mentally prepared when there's not you know a definite this is when the season starts it's kind of yeah. up in the air you know yeah well they they kind of hold us so oakland holds us to accountable um we we got heart rate monitors so they're able to check in and see you know if we're actually doing work or not so we have to every morning register our fit for 90 and register the the heart rate monitor but i think um I just have the internal drive right now because I, for me to come back to the U.S. to play was so difficult. And I know that if I take this time off and I don't take it seriously, 
once this year's over, I'm on a one year deal right now. So once this year's over, if I don't play well, when we do come back, if we do come back, you know, who's going to give me another chance? Who's going to want to let me play? So I, I, I feel like I'm taking this time seriously. I, I'm doing as much as I can. There's obviously only so much we can do, but right. um, I just think staying hungry and, and just that desire to get back is, you know, what's fueling the fire for me right now. How's it been with the, uh, with your team, with your, your teammates? Uh, you obviously, you go into preseason, you bond, and then it's like, all right, see ya. Yeah, well, I actually also came in pretty late. Uh, a lot of the guys had been there since middle of January, so I was up behind, but I was able to, you know, to, to get to know a lot of the guys, and it was great. We had played two games, and, you know, the city is really behind the club, which was really cool to see, but... Um, we have a good group chat going. We got some good banter going. Um, we we have calls. We, I think we have three calls a week. So, you know, we, we do find ways to stay interconnected, which I think is important. Um, and I, I feel like I've always been a guy that I wish I could do better, but I'm always constantly just trying to reach out to guys, you know, just a phone call just to see how you're doing, you know. I think that always boosts morale. Absolutely. Um, we have we have younger players that are interested in in playing uh, either in college or professionally, and so I want to touch on two different aspects with that. The first is uh, just like your your biggest word of advice to those type of players, and then I want you to talk a little bit about what your your newest project is. Yeah, so um, I would just say you know if things don't go well, don't be discouraged. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there's always going to be two roads to a certain opportunity and it can lead, that road can lead to more opportunities or it could be a dead end. So, you know, you could always come back and, you know, try other, uh, other roads. So I wouldn't be discouraged, you know, if, if you have a bad game, if you have a bad training session, even if you have a bad season, you know, it happens to the best players in the world. So, you know, but I think that if you can stay mentally engage um you know there's no reason that you can't play you know collegiately at the very least so. all right and then yeah talk about kind of what you're doing now with your new yeah so venture uh, so i'm actually so I, I touched base on it a little earlier but i'm finishing up school right now i'm doing my capstone so i, I haven't had as much time as i want to to work on this project but um Next Generation Soccer is kind of aimed at creating a platform for younger players and, and current professionals as well, but, you know, guys that need advice. I feel like having an unbiased opinion and giving it to somebody where, you know, I've been in their, in their shoes is something that every player can use. So um, whether it's for a youth player to switch club teams to what colleges are good, to, you know, professionally. I, I feel like I, I have enough experience in the world traveling around. You know, I've met people from all over the world. So um, I'd love to give back because I never had anything like that. You know, when we were going to Bridges, when we were, before we went to, to college, you know, the players that were going were your Mike McGee's, your, your Brian McBride's, and, you know, they're, on, they're way above us, like, we can't really talk to them, you know, in, in that kind of way. So yeah. they don't have, they don't have the advice that, 
they don't have the they, they can't give us advice that we're seeking so i feel like i've seen the good side of soccer and the bad side of soccer i've experienced good levels and bad levels so i have a, a wide um wide understanding of how how to help kids out yeah they they probably never experienced the show up and there's three kids because the rest all went to a concert for sure yeah no for sure <laughs> so yeah did you, no, it's, did, you, did you guys ever have um when you played in stock Creek, did you guys ever have to put the cars up because the lights would go out on a late training session i never heard no. about that but yeah we had to do that a couple of times i remember we had a couple of late night practices and uh lights went out so we had a, the, the guys who had cars had to park their cars up on the field a little bit and uh, shine the light on the field it was wow man hey that's some remember the titans yeah <laughs> training that day um all right so i'll i'll link that uh so that people younger players can find that as a resource um if if someone wants to reach out have any questions for you yeah where should they go instagram <laughs> Yeah, Instagram's good. Slide, uh, in, slide, in, slide on in. And you also write, uh, I don't know what, it's not, it's kind of haphazard when it gets posted. Yeah. But. Yeah, I was doing a little blog just about my experiences. And that was more to, to keep my family informed of how I'm doing and what I'm doing. Um, I would like to, to do that more often. But yeah, sometimes I just, I get caught up. Life catches. Life gets the best of us, right? I, I hear you. <laughs> are you guys? So are you guys training still, or what's the deal? And no, it's uh, no, not allowed to be around the players. So we do like send them when days we have training. We send them an individual workout to do, and we try to keep it like competitive. Everything's based on points for how they do in different training. So have some like prizes get some guys motivated to compete against each other that type mm -hmm. of thing but okay. they're saying right now um may 13th is when kind of the bands get lifted in finland uh okay. and the fa is saying two weeks after that okay is when we can start training again yeah. but i'm not sure some of my friends from Hako are saying that uh june 1st is what they're aiming for to yeah that's that's the, the hope is to have games june 1st right so we'll see. I don't know that. Uh, I guess it depends on how it goes, but that seems a little, a little soon, probably realistically. Yeah. But the fin fins will just go to the sauna, sweat everything out. Oh, whether it's, whether it's a virus or whether it's a couple beers, you know, hey, they, they will <laughs> not stop for the sauna for anything. No, we uh, actually, today would be perfect day for sauna. It, it's been like blizzard snow. Today. Really? Oh my goodness, terrible. What's well, a good thing that you guys aren't playing? I, I cracked on some Christmas music, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, actually, as a, as a coach, I'm like, I'm not so mad that we don't have training today. Yeah, you you having to stand outside would be miserable. That's, that's the worst part of coaching, is when it's bad weather and you stand there. Ten times worse than being a player playing in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess, can you... <laughs> God, he's a funny guy. Um... Yeah, you know, you're right, for sure. Just standing around is, is difficult in that, Not in that, deal. that blizzard. Uh, Kazi over there. Yeah. Shout out to Kaz, the legend. Is, is, he, is he as big of a talker on town as he says he is? Yeah, he, 
<laughs> he talks himself around town. Do uh do people actually refer to him as Gustav or is this or is this kind of like is he living in his own world and we're just a part of it? Sadly, no, they they started referring it to him. People don't even remember his real name anymore. Do you write Gustav do you write uh Gustav on the on the board? Any 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 time I get an interview I refer to him as that. Uh, yeah, seriously. Yo, shout out to this goalie coach. You're right. He is in his own world. <laughs> but uh, any anything uh anything else you wanted to say, talk about that I didn't mention? Um no, I think we've I think we've hit a lot of, a lot of things. Um I just maybe you know, I think it's important to find your priorities and uh, I think this is a really good time to, to sit back and, you know, evaluate where you where you are as a player. I'm doing it every single day. It's not like it's a one-time kind of thing. But, you know, this is a really good opportunity to to learn more about yourself because we're, we're constantly on, on the go. And, you know, sometimes we forget to, to devote time to ourselves. So that's kind of like my – that's been kind of my motto. This guy, Bast – shout out to Bast, though. He was actually a really good left back. This guy was a legend. Who's, who's the best, left, if, who's the best player you played with, though? Uh, best player I played with? Um, there been, I, the guy that, I've, that I love playing with and seeing every day was Aaron Wong. Uh, but Tyler, Tyler Adams is up there. I've trained with Will Trapp. He was on my team. Um, yeah. Those are some those are some ballers. Hence who's, why the biggest, who's the biggest Chicago legend for you in footy world? Biggest Chicago legend. Brian McBride. Yeah. He's just an overall stand up guy and um reads for it. It's it's oh, hard. That's a guy you know what? I'm gonna I'm taking Chris Schuler out and I'm throwing Reed in the back. Oh. I just Reed strength. Reed is Reed. I I convert. I am responsible for converting Reed into a center back because he always argued with me and said that he is not going to be a good center back. And this guy brought a team to promotion because of me making him into center back. So shout out to Reed for listening. So you're, to so you're talking Reed, uh, you know, after he met Kayla, not before Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired. Yeah, he, he had to at least be the best at his position in the family, you know. <laughs> Yo, don't kill him like that. Oh gosh. All right, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on. Thank you for sharing <laughs> all of your experience. Yeah, it was good. It was good to see you. It was good to get some laughs. Yeah, man. Take all care. Right. Take Stay care. Stay safe. See ya.